If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, June 13th, 2022. I'm on your host, Blessing Adelia Jr. Joining me is Tim Ma fucking Gettys. Bless. We're in SF. We're back. We're back, baby. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm so tired. Do you hear it in my voice? I'm getting Do you my hear voice it in my back. voice? Because I'm so tired, bit. too. And, like, I, I don't think it's coming through, but, like, there is that thing where I'm hearing myself in my, in my monitor, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm not, I'm not on, I'm not, like, 10 out of 10 right now. I'm Dude. a strong eight. It, back up we're there. not we're not the young bucks we used to be bless here's the thing man we were just at summer game fest play days down in la the last couple days and it was such a blast we're going to talk all about it on the kind of funny games cast later but uh it was nuts because it being the first event we've been to in like three years it was easily like the easiest event uh the easiest e3 event i've ever done in my career uh, in terms of like what we had to do for the job and like playing the games how we all of that stuff like was the easy part the hard part was just saying hi to people you just get oh yeah talking to people after three years of not talking to that many people and all of a sudden i'm saying hi to literally hundreds of people i haven't seen in years so many people that i've never met in real life but only over the internet like it was i'm i haven't been this drained I, I can't even put a, a date on it. It, it. It's a lot, man. Yeah, like I was just saying, I was telling you before the show that like it's so crazy how the mind and body works. Where not socializing with people that hard over the course of two to three years, you go back to it, and like for me, I realized it when I went to the wedding in, in Vegas a, a couple months ago. Where by Sunday, I was like, dude, my battery is out, and I do not know how to operate right now. And I had a similar thing here where it wasn't as bad as when I went to Vegas because I kind of anticipated it and I tried to like mitigate it a little bit but yeah by sun by yesterday you know we got back to the airport and like you know we're like striking conversation but i'm still like i can't think right now i can't like create conversation anymore like i've totally drained on battery i'm just gonna bust out my steam deck and play it in front of greg miller and have a good time there yeah he did That's that did. and it was glorious <laughs> it was glorious he but you guys him. did get to i i got to give you my steam deck for the first time you picked it up you yeah. played around with it a little bit like you only like what 10 minutes or so but yeah. like, what do you think of that Oh, I mean, it is a high quality piece of hardware, man. I think that's the the number one thing is it feels good. I don't love the button placement, uh, the, specifically the the trigger buttons or the shoulder buttons are so close to the yeah. face buttons. And like I always, I, I've said this anytime I hold a new controller or handheld, I have to do the Tony Hawk test where I pretend I'm actually playing through Tony Hawk and like seeing that there's a lot of uh shoulder buttons and face button action going on with that and the funny thing with this is the tony hawk test normally isn't me actually playing tony hawk it's just me holding controller pretending i am but because mm-hmm. of the power of the steam deck i actually got to play it because i played power the steam Thug yeah, too cool. and it was it was fantastic so it was fun again i only played for like 10 minutes uh and that was like the only bad thing i had to say because when you loaded it up and i start looking at the menus and especially with all the emulation shit the way that it's presented oh Dude, double chef's kiss, chef's kiss man. That's it when is I knew fantastic. that. That's when I knew that, like you know, this, the the Steam Deck was gonna be magic. Cause yeah, once I, uh, you know, for the people who know, they know, you know, the Steam the Steam Deck world, right? I, I I boot up Steam ROM Manager, I run a script, it gets all the art, I do all that stuff, go back to the main Steam Deck, and I scroll through, and I'm like, 
all the art is here and it's gorgeous and i'm good like this is living in the future but mm -hmm. we don't have time to talk about the steam deck because we have no. a whole lot to talk about here we're of course going to talk about summer game fest and the games we played and our experiences all that stuff later on kind of funny games cast but for now tim let's mm -hmm. talk about today's stories which include follow-up headlines from xbox and bethesda showcase a possible nintendo direct coming in june and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily remember you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be a part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you a whole lot is happening right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games including a new episode of the kind of funny x cast which is our xbox and bethesda showcase wrap up uh, we also got a live reaction later uh, to that capcom showcase happening live on twitch and an episode of games cast we're recording later today wrapping up our time at summer game fest play days playing street fighter 6 sonic frontiers and more you can catch all of that and more this week on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe just like last week this week is a big week for kind of funny games because we also have the ps love you xoxo review impressions we'll figure it out once we get there <laughs> based on how much b janet and greg play of playstation plus premium so look out for that later in the week as well um but also let me tell you about the kind of funny tiktok because that has a ton of previews from summer game fest including street fighter 6 cuphead the delicious last course and WrestleQuest. uh that is at kind of funny games on tiktok uh, and then back to youtube.com so it's kind of funny games you've had a weekend with the quarry uh so uh who made it out of hackett's quarry summer game the summer camp live come find out uh come find out on the kind of funny games because i'm reading very Verbatim from a thing that Greg sent me, which is not a write-up for the show. I think it's just a tweet. Go check out the Kind of Funny Games cast if you finish the quarry for our spoiler cast. It's me, Joey, Mike, and Greg talking about who lived, who died, all that good stuff you want to hear and know. And it's a very entertaining episode learning about the, the, story. the different ways. Uh, the who, who lives, who dies, who tells the story. Thank you, Tim. Uh, learning the different ways that our stories went. So go check that out. And also we talk about Brenda's song because, of course, we got to talk about Brenda's song. Of course. For now, I want to say thank you to our Patreon producers, Gordon McGuire and Fargo Brady. Today we're brought to you by Shopify and Athletic Greens, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. A baker's dozen! Starting with our number one. Tim, mm -hmm. it's that season. Do you smell it in the air? I do. Tim. It's hype season. It's Summer oh, yeah. Game Fest season. And My the favorite. season is heating up because story number one, are we getting a Nintendo Direct at the end of June? I am pulling from Chris Skolian at Video Games Chronicle. Nintendo is planning a new Nintendo Direct presentation later this month, it has been claimed. During a recent Twitch stream in which she was reacting to the Xbox and Bethesda showcase, Sony Santa Monica writer and former games journalist Alana Pierce stated that the next Nintendo Direct is coming on June 29th. Pierce was asked by a viewer if a Nintendo Direct had been announced, to which she replied, quote, No, but I believe there is a Nintendo Direct coming on the 29th. I don't know if that's been announced. You heard her here first. Let me check, end quote. Pierce then, uh, Lana Pierce then checked her notes saying, quote, I have it written down, 29th, 
Yep, June 29th, Nintendo Direct, end quote. She added, quote, it's not technically a leak because Nintendo didn't tell me, which is how I make that call. But it's also, I'm not leaking anything that's in it, which is why I think, which which is what I think is shitty, right? Not talking about the games that might be shown as opposed to there just being a Nintendo Direct. Uh, Pierce's comments also match what VGC has heard, uh, that Nintendo is planning a Direct later this month. The last Nintendo Direct was held in February 2022 and focused on games due for release in the first half of the year. Tim? Robert or Timothy Robert Geddes, right? I keep hearing Greg say it, and I didn't believe it until I saw your driver's license. And I was yeah. like, your name is really Timothy Robert Geddes. Holy cow. It is. It is. Do you believe it? Uh, I mean, look, Alana is the most connected person in this industry. She's also the biggest badass in this industry. I'm so happy I got to spend some time with her. It is always a pleasure. But the reality is everyone loves her and everyone talks to her. And she knows more than probably any of us combined. So if she's saying this, I believe her. I at the very least believe that whoever's telling her this stuff thinks that it's true at that point. That's how this always works with this stuff that is kind of the behind the scenes things being talked about. I will say that I'm a little suspicious about a Nintendo Direct date being known this far in advance because traditionally Nintendo doesn't work that way. And out of anything that can be discussed any rumors any uh the leaks going around insider stuff going around nintendo directs are kind of the origin of all of it of this madness over the last couple years of the you know the rise of people like jeff grubb and all of that um like before grubb there was the nintendo direct insiders and um that kind of turned into you make that sound like an avengers or like you know like mm -hmm. eternals yeah. Before Grub, there were yeah. the Nintendo Direct Insiders. Yeah, the stealths of the world, the uh, Emily Rogers, like those types. And uh, so I'm a little surprised because Nintendo has completely changed the way that they function in the last couple of years. So this, to me, uh, is something that I hear and I'm like, I don't necessarily take this as Bible truth. But it coming from Alana and Alana checking her notes and like be like, yeah, this is this is what I was told. It's like, well, someone told her. So there is truth to the story that she is telling. Will Nintendo do it? I fucking hope so, because I am looking forward to some Nintendo goodness. It has been way too, too long since I've gotten like big announcements from Nintendo. And they're kind of in their, their mode right now where they're still releasing a bunch of the games. Like we know we have Splatoon, we know we have Xenoblade, we know we have uh, Advanced Wars at some point coming, but there is still the big questions from Nintendo. More in the same way that PlayStation is about to finish its releases once God of War Ragnarok happens. And then it's like, cool, it's time for the next slate with Spider-Man 2, Wolverine, and whatever all the other teams are working on. On the Nintendo side, it's been a long time since we've heard what the Odyssey team's working on, what the Mario Kart team's working on, what, uh, you know, all that go down the line of the Nintendo, like the big heavy hitter teams, what are they working on? Grezzo, what are they up to? You know, Tim, so we're gonna have to get those answers to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says a Nintendo Direct is rumored to be scheduled for June 29th. I think it's too soon for the next hardware iteration to be announced, and the only major exclusive coming after Splatoon 3 in September with a confirmed date is Pokemon. So what do we see here? Advanced Wars, Bayonetta 3, Siphon Filter, LOL. Thanks, Lucid Dream. Tim, is this gonna be Nintendo's big summer june nintendo direct showcase which you know i say that because that's usually the big one right that's usually the one where they are talking about mm -hmm. the big hitters they are talking about the big uh, uh new iterations of ip right like the next breath of the wild the next mario odyssey yada yada right is that is this nintendo direct going to be that i i hope so i mean look this morning before i i checked slack and saw that this was a new story i would have bet nintendo was not going to do one this year in june period so having said that it's like 
just a couple hours ago, I thought they weren't going to have a big showcase. So now that we have this, does that change my mind to think, okay, this is going to be the big one? Or is this just going to be an update on what we have coming that we already know for the rest of the year with maybe an announcement or two uh, sprinkled in? And, and there are things we're looking forward to, like a bay at a three release date. Like I feel like this would be a good place for that. Uh, but you know what? I, I'm Tim Gettys. I can't just like sit back with that. I got to let the hype completely the hype consume build. me when it comes to Nintendo. So yeah, fuck it. I think it's going to be a big one. I think we're finally going to get a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about for a long time, like what the Odyssey team is working on. There's been all those rumors of it being a 2D Donkey Kong adventure game, which I would be thrilled for. Say, does that bring the hype? For me, yes. I, people online are going to be pissed, but like that sounds like a dream come true game for me. Uh, but beyond that, it's been a long time since we've gotten a 2D Mario game, and it's only getting longer as every day passes. I, we're going to have to get one at some point. Those things sell way, way, way too well to not get a new 2D Mario. On top of that, new 3D Mario. Last year, we had Bowser's Fury, so it might be a little soon till like, I come out with something fully featured in the 3D world style. But again, the Odyssey style, it's been many, many years. Um, and Odyssey changed the game in terms of how well 3D Mario games sell. And with the power of the Switch's, Switch's install base at this point, I think it's inevitable we're going to get something. Um, so yeah, I, I'm saying it's going to be a big one if it happens. Mm. Do you think we get a big breakdown, breakdown of Breath of the Wild too? No. That seems to be the next biggest Nintendo game on the horizon, right? And that's coming out seemingly spring i forget if they said an actual window but we know it's coming out next year yeah is it around the time that you would do something like that because that's what they did for breath of the wild one yeah but my gut tells me that because of the tumultuous kind of uh schedule that breath of the wild 2 has had mm -hmm. i i can see them kind of taking this as not a distraction from that but kind of like uh hey in the meantime here's a bunch of things right and uh, announcements are exciting to distract people from the the fact that they're not going to be playing breath of the wild 2 this year which is what nintendo and a lot of us expected would be the case so i can see them kind of uh maybe finally announcing the inevitable switch ports of twilight princess and wind waker right mm. as part of this to kind of like tie that over maybe some messaging on i don't think they'll give a date but like something like and later this year we'll like do a deep dive into breath of the wild 2 yeah, I'm hoping, like, one, I hope this happens. You know, Alana Pierce, I think, is very reputable. And somebody who, like, if she says something, if she says with confidence something like this is going to happen, I have no choice but to believe her, right? And, like, of course, there's also the other thing of plans shift, plans change. And just because she says it's going to happen doesn't mean that they don't, they can't change their mind or find a new date within the coming weeks if something happens or something doesn't come together or they end up just not liking that date. Um, that said, as of now, I'm inclined to, one, believe it's going to happen, and then, two, yeah, hope that is something big because I don't think the fall is necessarily looking dire for Nintendo. You got Xenoblade uh, 3 coming through. You got Splatoon 3 uh, coming through. It's all have... summer. I guess that is true. I guess that is summer. But even they're still, missing, they're missing fall releases, which is my big thing of like, they need to announce something. And it's Nintendo, so that something can just be Switch ports of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. But is that enough? I mean, the Nintendo I has mean, proven with where they're at, it is. Like, they the literally is history... just like. History yeah. is proven then, yeah, that yeah, because I look at the last few falls and I feel like the big title for Nintendo usually is here's a Pokemon, right? And like last year we got Metroid Dread, which was a great fall title, but I do think that Bayonetta three comes through and it fills that gap. So if this, if the second half of this year is Bayonetta three, uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess remasters or ports or whatever that is, and then Pokemon the Pokemon Violet, I think that pretty much you know seems standard I mean, for a Nintendo fall. 
Oh, for sure. And like when you going back to your question of do I think this if this direct happens in June, do I think it's going to be the big one? Nintendo has always had their big one in June with the exception of 2020. I want to say it was mm. where they just did the Paper Mario drop on Twitter. Where it's just like, oh yeah, Paper yes. Mario and the Origami King is is a game. It exists and it's coming out. Like that was their big June reveal. And then they did not do a, a direct that year. So uh, besides that, every single year has been the biggest Nintendo news comes in June. So it makes sense that that pattern would continue. Now, Timothy, what is that you're holding in your hand? I saw something pop up for a second oh, there. This is, it's my gold chain, baby. That's your gold chain. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put it on, you can put it on? So we can no, I just, this, it's also like kind of my like fidget spinner replacement because my fidget spinner broke. So I That's a, just, that, uh, Tim, I don't think you understand how ball everything that is to say. I know. Yeah, I know. So I'm just fishing around with a gold chain. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's the thing that keeps my mind busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim, it's that type of state of mind that you need, everybody. Winners out there. Come on. Kevin, DM, Kevin, am I allowed to talk about this DM that you sent me about Tim Gettys? Or is it confidential information? Because if, if it's something that I shouldn't say, I won't say it. And I, I love calling him Tim Bob. <laughs> or <laughs> Timmy Bobby. Kevin messaged me and says, Timmy oh, yeah, Bobby. sometimes I call him Tim Bob or Timmy Bobby. And I absolutely adore Timmy Bobby. Now, here's the thing. You have never once called me Timmy Bobby. I welcome <laughs> it. But you've never once called me. Never but Kevin once. has called it. Kevin's called me Tim Bob since we were since I was four years old. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I've you, never called you Timmy Bobby, but I fucking love Timmy Bobby, and I think we got to start today. Timmy Bobby, come over here. <laughs> Timmy Bobby, let's hop into story number two. Uh, we got yeah. a quick recap of the Xbox and Bethesda showcase for you. I'm going to read out mainly the highlights. There are some omissions, but I want to get through all the big stuff because, of course, there was a lot of stuff that they had in that showcase yesterday. So going through it, uh, we started with an extended, and this is a, a oh man, I need to find where I uh, got this info from because I did not source. Uh, but this is courtesy of someone else. I'll find them as I read through the thing. But uh, we started with an extended look at Redfall's vampire shooting gameplay and four playable characters. That will, of course, launch in 2023. Uh, Hollow Knight Silksong got a trailer. It'll be available day one on Xbox Game Pass. High on Life is the next game from Rick and Morty creator Justin Roiland's Squanch Games. Uh, that is launching in 2022. Uh, Riot Games is launching all of its games to Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass and is essentially giving away hundreds of dollars of free stuff for subscribers, all of League of Legends champions, all Valorant agents, and more. A new trailer debuted for a Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, Forza Motorsport was announced for 2023 with an extended look. Overwatch 2 will be released in October with Junker Queen as its new playable hero. It'll be free to play when it launches. Early access begins on October 4th. Forza Horizon 5 is getting Hot Wheels DLC on July 19th. Scorn is launching October 22nd. Flintlock Siege of Dawn looks to be about killing uh, gods and it's coming in 2023. Minecraft is getting a, a strategy spinoff called Minecraft Legends. It is expected in 2023. The last case of Benedict Fox, a game about a detective and a demon, is coming in 2023. As Dusk, Dusk Falls got another trailer. Naraka Blade Point is launching on Xbox on June 23rd. Obsidian Entertainment's next game, Pentiment, is set in 16th century Bavaria, and that launches in November. Grounded is leaving Xbox Game Preview in September. Diablo 4 doesn't yet have a release date, but it is expected out in 2023. Plus, a new character class was revealed, being the Necromancer. Uh, it'll have crossplay and cross-regression when it is released. 
Sea of Thieves Season 7 is coming June 21st. Cocoon is coming in 2023 from Annapurna. It is developed by the, by the gameplay designer of Limbo and Inside. Uh, Wolong Final Dynasty is a dark fantasy set in the later Han Dynasty from Team Ninja, uh, coming to Xbox Game Pass on launch day in early 2023. Uh, Persona 3, Persona 4, Persona 5, the good versions, are all coming to Xbox Series X and Windows PC. Uh, Royal will come on October 21st with the other two games coming later. All three games will be available as part of the Xbox Game Pass subscription Hideo Kojima uh, came through and he said that in the future he'll announce a game on Xbox <laughs> and then Starfield got an extended gameplay trailer during Microsoft's event uh, but that's the director Todd Howard aka God Howard uh, was on hand was uh, on hand to show off the space gameplay and character creation which looks incredible the article says it looks incredible and, and ambitious uh, you can build a spaceship uh, and choose its crew Tim Geddes it's been about 24 hours mm -hmm. since the Xbox showcase where are you at with it uh i'm in a really good place i i think that they they kind of did a fantastic job and like i would go as far as saying they knocked it out of the park like i feel like it wasn't a five out of five showcase i think that uh it's all relative and i you know obviously people we xbox did a showcase we gave our thoughts on the showcase and then people give their thoughts on our thoughts on the showcase and then i look at those thoughts and then i give my thoughts on their thoughts and that's what i'm about to do it's right difficult. now uh it's interesting because like i feel like us are kind of funny we kind of review each showcase compared to what it is trying to do and who it is doing it for. And I think in that sense, that's where Xbox really succeeded is they spoke to the Xbox audience and they showed the value of Game Pass and they did that in dramatic fashion. And especially with things that we didn't expect, like the Riot partnership that, sure, might not speak to people like me at mm -hmm. all, but it speaks loudly to me in understanding what it means for so many people out there with Xbox committing quite equally to the console and PC and cloud side of things. So with all of that said, I think that they really kind of knocked it out of the park. And that is evidenced by the fact that seeing it all written out here and hearing you read just the headlines of what news was announced, there was a fuck ton of news. That's really cool to see. Now we're joined by the one and only co-host of the kind of funny X cast Paris Lily Paris. How's it going? First of all, good morning to both of you and I was so happy that we got to hang out this weekend in person. Oh, yeah. Tim and I, first time we ever got to meet in person. So so that was awesome. And dude, I uh, swear to God, it, I there was a weird feeling I had seeing Paris every single time I saw Paris, where like I I was like, I need to hug this man. And there was just like a light that went on in my head where I was like, I can't believe he's here and real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like even that 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 last night, I, I saw you outside and I was like, I need to go say goodbye to Tim because I don't know when the next time I'm exactly see man. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it was awesome. But uh, thoughts on, on the Xbox showcase. I, I'm, I'm similar to Tim where is it a five out of five? No, but I thought they did a great job of conveying, like they said, the next 12 months of Xbox and they stuck to that. Um, they opened with Redfall. They closed with Starfield. Those were kind of the two big mysteries of where we're going to get gameplay. And we got that. Uh, and then in the middle, they basically showed you the value of Game Pass. Um, th th to me, that was the, the clear message. Like you said, mm -hmm. the Riot deal doesn't do a lot for me personally, but I get it. Like Tim saying, th that is a huge deal that they did. Bringing Persona to Xbox through Game Pass is obviously a big deal for them as well. So I think in the short term, they've really set themselves up to say, okay, we may not have a lot of first party stuff coming here in 2022, but you look at that first half of 2023. I mean, it's completely stacked with stuff. Um, I, I would also say Redfall surprised me. 
I, I, I was like, okay, vampire hunting co-op, but to actually see it in, in motion gameplay, I was pretty impressed with it. And obviously the DNA coming from Arcane with, with uh, Dishonored and Prey folks working on this, it totally makes sense. Yeah. It looks Star right. Yeah, Starfield's the interesting one because it's kind of, you know, I've seen the reaction since. I'm very impressed with the scope of what Starfield is going to be, what they're attempting to do. And it totally makes sense that they're delaying it further because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. There's a lot of moving parts. And it's almost like you're taking No Man's Sky, but then you're also taking, you know, the Bethesda RPG DNA and layering it on top and giving you all these th things to do. So... I'm going to be very interested to see how this plays out when, when it does launch in 2023. But yeah, I, I just think overall they did exactly what they needed to do. There was a lot of panic and worry when Redfall and Starfield got delayed of what does Xbox actually have to show? And they condensed it to say, yep, here's the next 12 months. Enjoy yourself. See, that's the thing that I think is nice is talking to people before the Xbox showcase that was the worry. Oh man, the next year or the next six months specifically, right? The rest of 2022 for Xbox looks dire. And for them to go, actually, no, let's do the showcase and focus on the next 12 months. I think that gives people way more hope, especially focusing in, in on uh, Game Pass. You know, and talking to even you, Paris, you know, before the showcase, I was like, well, if they don't have anything in the next six months, they got to make Game Pass deals. And seeing Persona 5 come to Game Pass day, uh, day one when it launches on Xbox, I think it's, it's going to be huge. A few things I do want to shout out, right? First of all, shout out to Nicole Carpenter from Polygon. That was her article uh, that I went through. And it took me a while to actually find it. So shout out to Nicole for doing that. Uh, secondly, you know, you brought up Starfield and Bethesda. Uh, this is actually story number three, but I'll throw it uh, in here right now, right? Bethesda Game Studios tweeted out this morning. Uh, yes, dialogue in Starfield game is first person and your character does not have a voice. Which is very fascinating and it's a big change from fallout 4 right that's them kind of reverting back to uh how fallout 3 and, and skyrim were in terms of uh you having dialogue choices you seeing the exact dialogue choice that you're going to make you click it and you're not having a, a voice character which i think was it's pretty split and i think that kind of goes back to people how people are receiving starfield people seem to be very split and even i'm me personally i'm a bit split on it because i think the game looks awesome i am very excited for the game it being a new bethesda ip that's the thing that has me the most excited give me a new world to explore from that team because i love what they do with fallout and skyrim right the thing that watching that trailer had me concerned i think was the scope and was coming off of uh previous games right i look at fallout 4 and i like fallout 4 but i know fallout 4 didn't hit as well for a lot of people that aren't me right like, i think you know the common comparison it gets is oh man this is just more fallout 3 which did, didn't feel as special i look at cyberpunk which was also another game that announced so much in terms of what it wanted to do what its scope was how where, where story would go what dialogue would be all this stuff right and cyberpunk comes out and is a fine game but doesn't hit the way it needs to hit to feel like this big new step in open world RPGs. Starfield feels like it's next up to be that game that is, here's a game that's going to be the next big step in open world RPGs. And so far, I am like, this looks like another Bethesda game, which I'm down for, but it doesn't blow me away, right? And I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it, actually being proved, proven wrong once I get lost in the world, lost in the, the story, lost in the characters, lost in the factions. I think it has, um, it has the ability to do that. But then I look at the things that do revert it back to games like Fallout 3 and Skyrim, uh, where it is, I look at the gun combat and I'm like, all right, that looks fine. You know, that's not blowing me away. The the first person shooter kind of shooting kind of looks basic. The environments look gorgeous. Oh man, the semi stuff in terms of getting um, mining ore and all that stuff, that doesn't do it for me. But then, you know, you see the characters and I'm like, oh man, this story looks like it's going to have a lot to it. But then I see the, the character faces and I'm like, oh, I don't know how that looks, right? Like there's a lot to pick apart, especially if you're somebody who is deep in the, the Bethesda ecosystem and you've played a lot of those games. 
there's a lot to see and look at and get concerned about when you are somebody who maybe experienced those bugs, right? Experienced like the wonky facial animations and all those stuff. Um, but overall, like, I'm still hyped for Starfield. I'm still very excited for Starfield. I think that game is going to come out and at the very least, it's going to be great, right? But is it going to be next level? I think that's the thing on many people's minds. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you on that. I think there's still a lot of questions that need to be answered about Starfield, and we're really not going to get those, I think, until people get their hands on it. Because again, True. you brought up Alana earlier. I saw Alana tweet out yesterday about, you know, the thousand, what is it, the thousand planets or whatever they're saying it, but there's how much of that is just procedural barren wasteland there's not anything going on versus actually things to do on them so we need to see how that plays out as well but i think the fact that you can build your own outpost you can build your own ship you'll have space shipbuilding is dope as fuck yeah you 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 have the rpg elements with the npcs you have the factions there's just a lot of shit going on in that game so i i'm excited to see how it plays out i'm i'm, I'm hopeful that like you brought up cyberpunk and some fallout 4 and some other examples that it can take lessons learned from that and then apply it to what starfield is and, and exceed that and give us a great experience Paris, stick around for a second because i got this question from jake bakes cakes who writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says good morning kfgd hosts did xbox make the right choice in only talking about the next <laughs> year or do you think there should have been content uh, shown depicting games post-June 2023? Just interested to hear what you guys think is the better marketing decision. Selling consumers on the next year or the next few years? Thanks for all you do. And it was dope getting to see some of the gang get back together. Jake's, Jake Bakes Cakes. Paris Lilly, what, did they make the right decision focusing on the next 12 months? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that came up because uh, I, I asked a few people at Xbox about that decision. I think it was the right decision to focus on 12 months, 100%. The question is, should they have given people more of a heads up that this is what they were going to do for the showcase? Because I think some of the expectations kind of got out of hand. Oh, I'm going to see Avowed. I'm going to see Hellblade 2. Uh, you know, me, I'm like, oh, maybe they'll show Banjo, stuff like that. And we didn't get those type of games because they're simply not going to be ready in the next 12 months. So while I think that was the right approach to do 12 months, kind of like I said, talking to a few people at Xbox, they just openly decided that, hey, the feedback from the fans was, we want to see gameplay. We want to see what's coming in the near term. So they delivered on that. I personally think it would have been better served to at least just say, hey, just so you know, going into the showcase, we're focusing on the next 12 months and people could have gone from there. But at the end of the day, they announced it at the top of the show. And I think in the moment, you probably should have readjusted your expectations right at that time. Yeah, I think I have the very same feedback of I wish I wish they would have said maybe a week or, or so or when they first announced the showcase that, hey, this is the next 12 months. Because you go back and you listen to our predictions for what they're going to show there. You listen to fan chatter, you read you read forums and all that stuff. And people are talking about, are we going to see Avowed? Are we going to see the next thing from Machine Games? Am I, like, I'm a big id Software fan, right? Am I going to see the next thing from id Software? You know, what is going on with the unknowns of Xbox Game Studios? And coming out of this, we still have so many of those unknowns, right? We're not seeing Perfect Dark. We're not. There's a list of games that we know on the are on the horizon, uh, Everwild. You know, these games that they've announced that we're not getting getting these updates on. I think managing that expectation would have helped people to get rid of those like expectations for this showcase and just focus on okay cool next 12 months hopefully you see dope gameplay hopefully we see stuff coming to game pass and and also that would i think bestow a lot of confidence in the next 12 months of microsoft damn this year looks looks barren oh shit they're focusing on this cool all right i have nothing to worry about yeah, yeah it's interesting i i don't think that they made a misstep not 
telling us beforehand that it was just the next 12 months, but I do think that in the future they wouldn't do that again. And I think that that's kind of one of the best things Xbox has proven to me over the last couple of years is they look at feedback for these showcases and they address it and they're getting the feedback that that type of transparency would have been nice. And I think that next time they do something like this, they will let us know. Um, Mm -hmm. But having said that, I'm with Paris, like saying at the top of the show, like that accomplishes everything you need like xbox doesn't owe us telling us exactly what's going to be in the showcase before we get the showcase like that's something that always kind of bothers me is that transparency is good but it does hit a point that it's like y'all they're just they're putting on a show like let them put on the show and let's see what they have there and if the things we're expecting aren't there that doesn't mean it's bad if it's a good show they put on and that's exactly what i think they did here i think that this was absolutely the right move for them to do at this moment in time is this the ideal showcase no, it's definitely not. The ideal showcase would be a mix of, well, here's what's coming in the next 12 months, and here's some hints at things in the future. We got that with the Kojima tease, right? There was that one, okay, this is a different thing that's not part of the 12 months, and not they're the ones making up the rules. So if they had other things they wanted to show now, they could have done it. They could have been like, all right, we said it was all the 12 months, but here's a trailer for Banjo or whatever the yeah. hell, right? Um, <laughs> but my thing is like... So And again, I'm a broken record. I'm going to keep being a broken record as this continues to happen. But one day, Microsoft is going to just come out swinging and never stop because they have so many teams and so many projects being worked on. And there's Game Pass. They built the the ground floor, the foundation of what the Xbox ecosystem looks like. And unfortunately, we're still not there. When we're looking at these next 12 months, like I can't believe, I can't believe that in 2022, we're still getting xbox falls that don't have big xbox first party titles having said that it's okay guys there's so much stuff coming out they just had all these partnerships and guess what pandemic happened and that is something that xbox could have never planned for so on top of xbox having to play catch up to where playstation and in some ways nintendo have been seven years ago six years ago five years ago now they have to deal with what everyone else in the industry is dealing with which sucks so hopefully next june when we get an event it's going to be a beautiful mix of here's what you're playing next month and the month after and the month after and the month after continue 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 and here's three cg trailers for what you're going to be playing three years from now because then once they set that cadence up it's easy where every single year will just be an update of what's coming out here there next and forever right and that is the value of xbox game pass at its core is a never-ending feed of quality content for a subscription tim paris i got a couple more stories regarding uh follow-up headlines from xbox uh, xbox's game showcase but before we get there i want to let everybody out there know about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can go and get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I've been using AG1 the last few months because I figured it was well past time I start thinking about vitamins, but I'm usually not the biggest fan of their format. So being able to drink a flavored water is much more up my alley. And I'm a huge fan here of the fact that it doesn't taste super healthy. It kind of has like this mild tropical taste to it that I look forward to every morning. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day 
right. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash kindoffunny. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved only for big businesses to everyone. So upstarts, startups, established businesses, content creators alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to across the globe. Our content creator friends use Shopify to manage all their merch sales and stuff. And I recently got Gia a pair of Allbirds from the Allbirds website, which also uses Shopify. So that's an example of big websites using Shopify for their sales. You can gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting on conversion rates, profit margins, and to help you supercharge your knowledge of your sales and your success. You can go to shopify.com slash KF games, all lowercase for a free 14 day trial, and you can get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash KF games right now. That's shopify.com slash KF games for a free 14 day trial. Shopify.com slash KF games. Before we hop into the next story, uh, Paris has got to go. But Paris, before you go, do you have any final words for us? Yes, I wanted to give a shout because people have been asking me for the past few weeks, hey, are you hosting the uh, Xbox uh, Showcase Extended, which will happen tomorrow? I am not hosting it, but Aaron Ashley Simon is hosting the Showcase. She's a friend good of friend. Yes, Don't friend of the show. She is so awesome. I am so excited for her, so proud of her for getting this opportunity. And I hope everyone tunes in tomorrow, check, checks it out. Send her all the love that you can, support that you can. I know she's going to kill it, and it's going to be great. And I'll also say, yeah, you might want to watch. You never know. Your boy might show up somewhere in there. You oh! Never know. oh. <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming with me, man. Yeah, thank you. All right, let's hop in. To story number four, Kojima Productions makes clear it still has a very good partnership with PlayStation. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Kojima Productions has made it clear it still has a good relationship with PlayStation, despite announcing an Xbox-exclusive game. Hideo Kojima revealed his studio would be making a, quote, completely new game that no one has ever experienced or seen before, end quote, at the Xbox Bethesda game showcase on June 12th, causing some to question the studio's ties to PlayStation. Quote, after the announcement of our partnership with Microsoft using cloud technology, many people have asked us about our collaboration with Sony Interactive Entertainment. Please be rest assured that we continue to have a very good partnership with PlayStation as well, end quote. Kojima Productions is an independent studio, and as it said in another tweet, quote, we'll explore various possibilities with games, movies, and music through platforms that evolve with time and technology. Uh, Kojima himself said of the announcement that he's incorporating Microsoft's cutting-edge technology, particularly cloud streaming, and a change in the industry's trends into this new project. Tim, I feel like this is something that we figured, but it's nice to have them come out and be like, hey, you know, just because we're working with Xbox doesn't mean we're not working with PlayStation. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's great, you know, and especially we've just spent so long talking about this and we're going to continue to like Xbox has done such a great job of lowering the barrier of entry to their ecosystem. So hopefully, uh, unlike the opposite side, where if you want to play a Sony exclusive, you need to get a PS5 
or ps4 at this point but eventually a ps5 um you can just get in with cloud you can get in with uh the series s series x like there's just options for the the ecosystem so hopefully like kojima making a game for xbox playstation gamers that don't have an xbox will be able to find a way to play it without having to jump through too many hurdles hopefully especially by the time this game actually comes out you got to imagine that the samsung tv stuff uh with uh xbox which we got to demo we'll talk about that on gamescast and it was actually really awesome uh will not just be tied to samsung tvs there'll be a dongle there'll be options out there for people for cloud streaming mm, and all of that stuff good. and for uh for a game being so heavily cloud focused and all this stuff like i yeah i think that this message is is necessary and you know there is allegiance and when you look at teams that have worked pretty much exclusively uh with one side or another there's going to be these questions but the fact of the matter is kojima productions like metal gear solid 5 was multi-plat and like when you start and death stranding even went to pc which i guess is a little bit different but um death stranding being the last major kojima actually the only kojima productions game Mm -hmm. right like yeah. Kojima has done others, but Kojima Productions itself only done Death Stranding, that being a PlayStation exclusive, so tied to PlayStation. Um, I think that this message, it makes sense and cool. It's just like yeah. letting the fans know, like, don't worry. Yeah, like regarding this Xbox game, I, I'm still fascinated with what he does with the cloud stuff because playing through Death Stranding recently on Steam Deck was a good reminder of how so how good that studio is with technology. That game looks gorgeous. That game has such cool uh, art direction, but then also has really cool features in terms of what it does with on- online connectivity and how that feeds back into the, the core um, message of the game with like liking other people's structures and the, t- the you know, being apart, but also the togetherness of the, the chiral network and all that bullshit, right? Like I had such a fun time going through it and experiencing that game as such a technical marvel. And putting a new technology in Kojima's hands that I think is promising. They've been talking about cloud forever, and you've seen it come to fruition and not, not, not come to, to fruition with things like the latest Crackdown game about how that was supposed to be built on cloud infrastructure for like destruction and all that stuff, and how that just didn't land in a way that felt worthwhile and exciting. Kojima Productions is a studio that would take a new idea like that or a, a big new technology innovation like that and actually make it exciting and make it worthwhile in a way that... I think would speak to a lot of players because a lot of people are fans of Hideo Kojima. Of course, Death Stranding didn't land for everybody, but I don't think you need to do that, right? Just put Hideo Kojima's name on a thing and enough people will check that out at the very least. Maybe not love it, but they'll still check it out. Like you're going to play the next Hideo Kojima, Tim, and I know you didn't love, or the next Kojima game. I know you didn't love Death Stranding. Absolutely. Uh, something I want to address real quick is uh, uh, in the chat I'm seeing like Inception A says, yikes, guys, he doesn't owe anyone an explanation. He absolutely doesn't owe anyone an explanation, but I think that him giving one is good. It, it's only helpful. It's only yeah. a positive thing it's that clarity. dissuades toxicity. And I think that uh, the bigger thing on this is I, I think this is even like less to the toxic fans, although it does dissuade them to the extent that it can. But it's also more just a positive message for the non-toxic fans out there. The fact of the matter is Kojima is probably, I mean, undeniably, he is the uh, number one individual in video games when it comes to name recognition. And when people think a single developer, single person making games, Kojima's the guy. And the fact that the, the Kojima, a Kojima game is announced at Xbox and literally that is all the announcement was. There's mm-hmm. no genre, there's no name, there's no anything. It's just it's a Kojima game and like everyone's excited about that. Uh when you look back at it it's like the announcement of having, you know, Kojima talk to um uh uh Andrew House and all that stuff way back in the day for the Death Stranding thing like that is a unique form of announcement that is pretty much tied to Kojima and Kojima yeah. alone. You so can't do that I, with many other people. 
Yeah, and I think that because there is that individualization of it all, I think that th these type of messages aren't just playing to the the console war idiots out there. It's playing to like just be like, yo, 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 Sony didn't fuck me over. We're still homies. It's still good. Yeah. Because like there's an individual relationship that we understand in a way that we're not thinking about from like upper management at Ubisoft or Square or, or whatever. That's the thing is Kojima and Kojima Productions has an audience that they're speaking to. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a thing that we talk about all the time in terms of how to run a good business and how to operate successfully as a company in the video games industry. You got to be you got to have that clarity. You got to be willing to communicate and you got to be willing to, you know, have a back and forth with your audience. Not not in a way that like, you know, it's you talking to the trolls or whatever. I do think that this is just a general general, hey, like just so you guys know, me working with Xbox doesn't mean that we're not working with PlayStation anymore. And that's another thing I wanted to actually shout out when it comes to Kojima Productions, the fact that he's able the fact that kojima productions is so um you know looked looked at favorably by xbox and playstation in a way where this man is getting motherfucking paid right this studio mm -hmm. is getting motherfucking paid to do some dope ass projects you know like it seems like death Stranding 2 is on the way the least game overdose is on the way and i don't know if that's the cloud game or not but either way right the fact that they're able to green light multiple big cool projects and have that be a thing where he can go to Xbox and have one exclusive. He can go to PlayStation, maybe have them publish that one. That that's dope as hell. And they're eating like these guys are fucking living right now. And so yeah, go, good on Kojima Productions. Congratulations on the deals. Can't wait to play those games. Probably love them. Maybe hate them. We'll see about that. But for now, Tim, let's hop in to story number five. Persona is also coming to PlayStation and Steam. This is Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer. The Persona series will be, will be also headed to Steam and PS5, although no release date has been given. A press release shared with Eurogamer states, quote, these beloved games will also be headed to Steam and PS5. However, without a release date, this could be a timed exclusive for Xbox and PC. Persona 4 Golden, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, and Persona 5 Strikers are already available on Steam, so it makes sense to complete the set. Persona 5 Royal is synonymous with PlayStation, but was recently removed from the PlayStation Plus collection of PS4 games available on Sony's new console. Meanwhile, Persona 3 Portable was originally released on PSP and Persona 4 Golden on the PlayStation Vita. Hell yeah, I love to hear this. Uh, the, the one thing I would like is for these games to come to Switch too. I think that's the one bummer is it seems like Switch right now is the outlier that's being left out. And I don't think I don't think that's because it's never going to come to Switch. But the worry is that I, I think it will come to Switch much later than maybe these other platforms even because who knows? You know, maybe it is extra work. Maybe maybe um, there's just some weirdness going on. Who knows? But awesome that it's coming to more platforms outside of just Xbox. Mm -hmm. uh, it's incredible. I imagine it will come to Switch at some point. I think that, you know, now this was the 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 floodgates just needed to be opened. And now things are possible. Whereas until yesterday, like it could have been not possible, right? So I think that inevitably they want to make money. Why would Atlas not want to do that? It's They know the investment. They know that if they put it on Switch, it would sell. Exactly. And, and PlayStation users have been asking for, uh, like, PlayStation has been asking for Persona 3 forever to come back to the platforms because that's one that's been so difficult to play in a modern way. So, yeah, take those games, put them everywhere, let people play them, especially on mm -hmm. Switch because those games thrive being uh, played handheld. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to hopefully that happening. Either way, I'm going to play on Steam Deck because uh, I got that young. Oh, where'd I put it? I usually have it at range of distance so I can actually pull it up, pull it up on camera, but that big, <laughs> beautiful device called the Steam Deck, mm -hmm. I'm play it there. Tim, story number six. Sonic Frontiers won't be delayed as a result of fan feedback, insists Sonic Team's boss. This is, uh, once again, Chris Golian at Video Games Chronicle. There are no plans to delay Sonic Frontiers following its recent gameplay reveal, Sonic Team studio head Takashi Lizuka has told VGC. 
Hashtag delay Sonic Frontiers was briefly trending on Twitter earlier this month after many Sonic fans took to social media uh, to vent their disappointment over the first uh, videos showing the game in action. As part of an upcoming Video Games Chronicle interview, Luzuka was asked uh, what he thought of the mixed reaction to the gameplay footage. Quote, it's not really that surprising, Luzuka replied. Quote, we do realize everyone is just kind of reacting to the videos that they saw. And because they don't understand what this new gameplay is, they're kind of comparing it to other games that they already know. So we do see a lot of people saying, oh, it's kind of like this, it's kind of like that, but it's not like this, it's not like that. And really, the team is going out and creating this new game format for Sonic, and we're calling it an open zone format. And this new game system itself is something that doesn't really exist in any other comparable titles. So we really hope that, that from, from here until launch, we can really explain what open zone gameplay is. He added, quote, if people come to Gamescom or Tokyo Game Show, they can get their hands-on experience to play the game and understand what the game is. Because right now, we're just kind of watching videos of people playing, uh, reacting, uh, or sorry, we're watching videos of people reacting to what they believe the game to be, end quote. We asked Lizuka what he felt about the recent hashtag delay Sonic Frontiers hashtag on social media and whether he was actually in a position to delay the game if he wasn't entirely happy with it. However, Lizuka claimed that this wasn't an issue because the development team are happy with the game as it stands. Quote, Frontiers is in development now. And actually, we've been doing a lot of playtesting with our target audience uh, who would be in the demographic of someone who'd play a Sonic game and enjoy it. End quote. He replied, I think that's the most important part of everything just said here. The second most important part being the fact that, good Lord, God bless the Sonic legacy that is going on here, where there is a petition from fans to delay a video game. They just want this thing to be right. They just want thing, this to be the people most Sonic, Sonic it could man. possibly be. Oh, people care fervently bless and we got to see that firsthand this weekend uh as we were able to to play the game uh we're going to be giving our thoughts on the the games cast later today uh of sonic frontiers but man yeah this game is uh it's gonna go down in history one way or another one um, way, i and i don't want i don't want to spoil too much from the sonic yeah. gameplay impressions for the games cast but i will say i do think that this game is going to be one of the most divisive games in history in, in terms of how people history. receive it. Yeah, it's been yeah. very it's, fascinating. It's, it's not open world. It's open zones. It's different. It, I, it, and, I, and that's that, what he that, says. That, I don't fucking believe him. But hey, you know, we'll see what that means. We will open see zone gameplay. Means. I do want to throw out that he said later on in the interview, quote, so if our development team is him still resp responding about if the game gets if the game is going to get delayed and all that stuff, right? Quote, so if our development team all gets coronavirus or they're ho they're all hospitalized or there's something that actually prohibits us from being able to deliver the game on time, we'll need more time. But we're working right now with our team in Japan who are working really hard to make sure this holiday people can buy the game, pick it up and take it home and all have a fun experience with it. Tim, yeah. you heard it here first. Mm -hmm. If Sega all get coronavirus, the game will get delayed. Sonic, oh, bless, I can't wait <laughs> till a couple months from now when we can just like, without restrictions, talk about every single thing we want to say about Sonic yep. Frontiers because it is going to be legendary. It's going to be legendary. God bless this game. I love this you, game Sonic. And like, here's the thing, right? People talk about the Sonic cycle and how it's the same thing, right? You get excited mm -hmm. for it. You see new footage. You're like, oh, this looks cool. You see more. And like, oh, I don't know about the. You get the game. You're like, oh, man, this is not, this is not as good as I wanted it to be. And the cycle starts again of us getting hyped and going through all this. This might be the greatest iteration of the Sonic cycle in history, at least since Sonic 06. Not saying that this game is going to be Sonic 06 by any means, right? Is it? And listen, we'll see when we get there. I'm not going to claim either way. I mean, 06 is what started the Sonic cycle, essentially. 
because 06 was really the first really 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 bad one trash fire sonic game. yeah and there's not been like, one as bad as sonic 06 since sonic 06 well sonic boom people forget about sonic boom on the wii okay, u sonic boom is easily the worst sonic game ever created and that says something because everyone always jumps to 06 and 06 is a 10 out of 10 compared to sonic boom that might be an exaggeration sonic 06 is a, is a <laughs> 6 out of 10 compared to, compared sonic, to boom. sonic boom yeah no <laughs> this is going to be a sonic cycle for the ages and i can't wait to talk to you more later today tim and later as the year goes talking about this game um but we'll save that for games cast hint hint um tim let's hop mm-hmm. in to our final news story story number seven raekwon and ghostface killer made a song for tmnt shredder's revenge and it's absolute fire i don't know how we want to do this in terms of copyright because i kind of want to listen to like five to ten seconds of it but i also know that like that shit gets gets weird I say we don't listen to it just because this episode we've done great so far, uh, but I do recommend that every single person out there, you know, fuck it, Kev. Yeah, play it up. Play it, it up. Or Let's fucking go. Or fuck it, Kevin. Yeah, pull it up. I want to read the, it was tweeted out by at Dotemu, the publishers of the game. You know, they say, we ain't came to lose. Uh, at Raekwon and at Ghostface Killer uh, from Wu-Tang Clan are serving the ultimate hip-hop experience in TMNT hashtag Shredder's Revenge. Uh, they tweeted out the song here. Kevin, press the play button. Full force, mess up your facial features. I still have beast, I'm selling all your little seasons. All y'all stuff your face with is pizza, pizza crack like a hardball. Okay, egg. okay. You can pause it there. You can stop it there. Now, now this shit is fucking blessed. fire. Tim. Here's the fucking thing, Bless. I didn't know that I could be more excited for Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge, all right? And every single thing they start saying about this game, I just get more and more high. We got T Lopes doing the music. That beat was by T Lopes, the guy that did the music for Sonic Mania. Like, this is just like a, a fucking fever dream. We got Wu Tang members, my favorite Wu Tang members, my two fucking favorites, making a Ninja Turtle rap, baby. Come on. Incredible. I could not believe how fire this is, especially because Ghostface Killer has a whole whole verse here just rapping about Ninja Turtles. Fuck and yeah. And every does. line is a fucking bar, Tim. Ah, now, real quick, I want to uh-huh. go back. We're talking about Sonic Mania a little bit here. I've seen in the chat a lot of people saying that I'm wrong about Sonic 06. Uh, being the start of the bad Sonic games and all this stuff in terms of the Sonic cycle. I want to let y'all know I ain't wrong at all, okay? I see people in the chat shouting out Sonic in the Secret Ring, Sonic in the Black Knight. Guess what? Those came out after Sonic 06. That proves my Idiots. point. And also, Fools. Sonic in the Secret Rings, not that bad of a video not game. That not, not that, that bad. bad. Sonic Black Knight, that one wasn't, wasn't that great. People mentioned Sonic Adventure 1 and 2. Look, I understand that those aren't good games, but look 100%. at the reviews. Everyone, when those games came out, everyone fucking loved them. They're below. So, yeah, so nah, nah, nah. and blood doesn't I ain't necessarily mean shit. good. Shadow the Hedgehog, uh, ZOVGM says that. Yo, that's a spinoff. I get it. Like, cool. That was not part of the Sonic cycle. Like, and I'm not defending saying that Sonic games were fantastic until then. I'm just saying the Sonic cycle didn't exist because of Shadow the goddamn Hedgehog. Tim, I've been, and I'll, I'll, I'll spoil it. It's not, this doesn't mean that it's going to happen, right? But I've been considering making a video, maybe a blessing mm-hmm. show or something along those lines of me going back and playing through all the bad Sonic games. Mm, which is sounds not good it's an undertaking for mm-hmm. sure because that's like half of them yeah but i do i kind of want to do like a sonic retrospective of like I, every sonic game that just hasn't fucking worked bless and I mean, I'm, 
I'm telling you, like I, one day, me and you need to just do the sit down, not just every fucking bad one. Let's do the good ones too. Let's find some joy. Let's prove to the people yeah. what they're missing out on that not every Sonic game is bad. There are at least a handful of fantastic ones. At least a handful, Tim. <laughs> at least a handful. And then there are many handfuls. <laughs> yeah, Sonic Origins coming out like legit this month, right? In a couple weeks or so. 10 days, dude. 10 days. That's gonna I be a am good living one. right now. I got Ninja Turtles. I got Cuphead. I got fucking Sonic Origins. Jesus. All right, y'all, get excited for Starfield. <laughs> I'm going back to get the Starfield. You go play that, you're like, oh, this is just another Cyberpunk 2077. Meanwhile, Sonic Frontiers is going to be a fucking at least a seven. Hopefully. <laughs> everything goes Hopefully. right. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. I'll take Tim. a 6.5. Timmy Bobby, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see if Sonic Frontiers gets hopefully over a 68. Over mm-hmm. 69. Give me a 69. Let's give me a 69, baby. On Metacritic. But its release is just so far away. Hopefully further away if things go, <laughs> go mm-hmm. right. Delay that mm-hmm. game. But that is so far away. If I want to know what's going out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where should I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. If the Dude, fans get, get what they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. I love that. Like the biggest fan request is like just delay it, please. Yeah, just take mm-hmm. your time. Just take your time. That's all they're just asking. Just take your time just with take it. Your time. You don't have to. No reason to put it out right now. Sega, are you watching? Do me, do me a solid. Uh, out today, we got Jumanji: The Curse Returns for Switch, and then PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium are finally out. So go check that out. Of course, remember we'll have our review People of that. Are... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, we'll have our review on that. Yes, I love you later this week. Go for it, Tim. Oh, I was about to say, a lot of people in the chat are like, oh, they're not going to talk about the PlayStation thing? This is about talking about the news, baby. This is kind of funny games daily. If you want thoughts, you got to stay tuned to PSILWXOXO. And also, guess what the stream is tomorrow after games daily? Plus? PS, the PS Plus and play, or PS Plus Premium gameplay. Me and Barrett hanging out, going through all the libraries. So, yeah, you're going to mm-hmm. get that. You're going to get us hanging out hanging out in there. And, yeah, like, I thought about including it as news, but I was like, one, it's already a big news day. Already lots to talk about. But then also, we're going to have a deep dive there. And what are we going to say about it right now, right? Like, we've not gotten our hands on it because it just came out. Uh, and so look for it there. Look for it tomorrow on, P- on twitch.tv slash games and all that jazz. For now, let me tell you about new dates. Signalis is launching on October 27th for PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Grindstone comes to Steam on June 20th. And then a new story expansion for Aliens Fireteam Elite will launch on August 30th. The Pathogen expansion arrives on august 30th and adds a new campaign to the game featuring exclusive story missions uh which introduce a new challenging threat to keep fans and their fire teams coming back for more alien action aren't the aliens the threat are they just gonna add new aliens players must fight through caustic new enemies uh and across deadly new environments with an armory packed with fresh tools and cosmetics so get go check that out alien fire team elite fans tim it's time we're kind of funny.com slash you're wrong that's where you write in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around around the globe, the globe. oh kebabs this isn't even you're on kebabs wrote in to tell us about the tmn thing uh kebabs of course it's us you already know we had that in there okay. we love wu-tang clan i love ghostface killer i think this morning i realized that ghostface killer is my favorite member of the wu-tang clan Thank you. Mm. He's incredible. Again, I, I infamously I've said and I stand by it. Like I, my Wu Tang knowledge is uh, severely low, and and people Damn. often give me shit for that. I'm like, hey, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I don't really know, but I know that anytime I hear a Ghostface verse, I'm like, this is this is the fucking truth, and yeah. Raekwon as well. well Raekwon as well. But I, Ghostface though specifically, like my favorite thing is when Ghostface raps over non-rap beats, like him mm. going over like Amy Winehouse songs in like 2007. Don't get better. I'm, than gonna, that. I'm gonna shout out one Ghostface and one Raekwon song. Okay. Uh, regarding Ghostface, I had SmackDown versus Raw 2007. In that 
uh, in that soundtrack, they had a Ghostface song, I think called The Champ. It's basically him rocking, or it's basically him rapping uh, like the, from the perspective of Rocky, right? Like him, mm-hmm. him talking about like, or them doing like interstitials of like Muhammad Ali style shit talking between between verses. It's a fucking dope ass song that I like. Every time that came up in uh, SmackDown vs Raw, I got hella hyped. And then for Raekwon, you talking about you know rapping on non rap beats. I want to give a shout out, Tim. You'll remember this because it was a Kanye West Good Fridays back in the day. It is the Justin Bieber Runaway Love remix mm-hmm. featuring yeah. Kanye West and Raekwon. That's what I'm saying. When he's rapping over non-rap songs, he brings the fucking fire. It's that one verse wonder, baby. Ghostface killer. You got to love it. Well, that was Raekwon. But yes, oh, well, I think yeah, I yeah, yeah, you're, like, you're right. Raekwon. Raekwon and also, yeah, Raekwon on Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Oh, oh so. my. Ah! Man. This week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily, you like this. Tomorrow, you're getting me and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Janet. Thursday, you're getting Re- Greg. And Russ Freshtick, a special guest. And then on Friday, you're getting Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this is Mike and Kev playing some Portal 2 co-op. Isn't that right, Kev? Yup. Hell yeah. If you want to cast that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kindoffunnyplays. Remember, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, delay Sonic Frontiers, please, God, please.